0: section twenty four of the seen and the unseen by richard marsh this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by sonia eleven the houseboat chapter one i am sure of it inglis laid down his knife and fork he stared round and round the small apartment in a manner which was distinctly strange my wife caught him up she laid down her knife and fork you sure of what inglis seemed disturbed he appeared unwilling to give a direct answer perhaps after all it's only a coincidence but violet insisted what is a coincidence inglis addressed himself to me the fact is millen directly i came on board i thought i had seen this boat before but i thought you had said that you had never heard of the water lily nor have i the truth is that when i knew it it wasn't the water lily i don't understand they must have changed the name unless i am very much mistaken this this used to be the sylph the sylph you don't mean to say that you have never heard of the sylph inglis asked his question in a tone of voice which was peculiar my dear fellow i am not a riveran authority i am not acquainted with every houseboat between richmond and oxford it was only at your special recommendation that i took the water lily (laughs) excuse me millen i advised a houseboat i didn't specify the water lily but asked my wife what was the matter with the sylph that she should so mysteriously have become the water lily inglis fenced with this question in a manner which seemed to suggest a state of mental confusion of course millen i know that that sort of thing would not have the slightest influence on you it is only people of a very different sort who would allow it to have any effect on them then after all i may be wrong and in any case i don't see that it matters mr inglis Are you suggesting that the sylph was haunted? Haunted? Inglis started. I never dropped a hint about its being haunted. So far as I remember, I never heard a word of anything of the kind. Violet placed her knife and fork together on her plate. She folded her hands upon her lap. Mr. Inglis, there is a mystery. Will you this mystery unfold? Didn't you really ever hear about the sylph? two years ago two years ago we were out of england so you were perhaps that explains it you understand this mayn't be the sylph i may be wrong though i don't think i am inglis glanced uncomfortably at the chair on which he was sitting why i believe this is the very chair on which i sat i remember noticing what a queer shape it was it was rather an odd-shaped chair For that matter, all the things on board were odd. Then have you been on board this boat before? Yes, Inglis positively shuddered. I was, once, if it is the sylph, that is. He thrust his hands into his trouser pockets. He leaned back in his chair. A curious look came into his face. It is the sylph, I'll swear to it. It all comes back to me what an extraordinary coincidence one might almost think there was something supernatural in the thing his manner fairly roused me i wish you would stop speaking in riddles and tell us what you are driving at he became preternaturally solemn millen i am afraid i have made rather an ass of myself i ought to have held my tongue but the coincidence is such a strange one that it took me unawares and since i have said so much i suppose i may as well say more after dinner i will tell you all there is to tell i don't think it's a story which mrs millen would like to listen to violet's face was a study i don't understand you mr inglis because you are quite well aware it is a principle of mine that what is good for a husband to hear is good for a wife come don't be silly let us hear what the fuss is about i dare say it's about nothing after all you think so well mrs millen you shall hear he carefully wiped his moustache he began two years ago there was a houseboat on the river called the sylph it belonged to a man named hambro he lent it to a lady and a gentleman she was rather a pretty woman with a lot of fluffy golden hair he was a quiet unassuming-looking man Who looked as though he had something to do with horses i made their acquaintance on the river one evening he asked me on board to dine i sat as i believe on this very chair at this very table three days afterwards they disappeared well i asked inglis had paused so far as i know he has never been seen or heard of since and the lady some of us were getting up a picnic we wanted them to come with us we couldn't quite make out their sudden disappearance so two days after we had missed them i and another man tried to rout them out i looked through the window i saw something lying on the floor jarvis i whispered i believe that mrs bush is lying on the floor dead drunk she can't have been drunk two days he said he came to my side Why, she's in her nightdress. This is very queer. Inglis, I wonder if the door is locked. It wasn't. We opened it and went inside. Inglis emptied his glass of wine. The woman we had known as Mrs. Bush lay in her nightdress, dead upon the floor. She had been stabbed to the heart. She was lying just about where Mrs. Millen is sitting now. Mr. Inglis! violet rose suddenly there is reason to believe that from one point of view the woman was no better than she ought to have been that is the story but i confess it was not at all the story i had expected it was going to be i did not altogether like it who killed her that is the question there was no direct evidence to show no weapon was discovered the man we had known as bush had vanished, as it seemed, off the face of the earth. He had not left so much as a pocket handkerchief behind him. Everything, both of his and hers had gone. It turned out that nobody knew anything at all about him. They had no servant. What meals they had on board were sent in from the hotel. Hambro had advertised the Sylph. Bush had replied to the advertisement. He had paid the rent in advance, and Hembro had asked no questions. And what became of the Sylph? she also vanished she had become a little too notorious one doesn't fancy living on board a houseboat on which a murder has been committed one is at too close quarters i suppose Hambro sold her for what he could get and the purchaser painted her and rechristened her the water lily but are you sure this is the sylph as sure as i am sitting here it is impossible that i could be mistaken i still seem to see that woman lying dead just about where mrs Millen is standing now mr inglis violet was standing up she moved away towards me inglis left soon afterwards he did not seem to care to stop he had scarcely eaten any dinner in fact that was the case with all of us mason had exerted herself to prepare a decent meal in her cramped little kitchen and we had been so ungrateful as not even to reach the end of her bill of fare when inglis had gone she appeared in her bonnet and cloak we supposed that very naturally she had taken umbrage if you please ma'am i'm going mason what do you mean i couldn't think of stopping in no place in which murder was committed least of all a houseboat not to mention that last night i heard ghosts if ever anyone heard them yet Mason, don't be absurd i thought you had more sense all i can say is ma'am that last night as i lay awake listening to the splashing of the water all at once i heard in here this sound of quarrelling i couldn't make it out i thought that you and the master was having words yet it didn't sound like your voices besides you went on awful still i didn't like to say nothing because it might have been and it wasn't my place to say that I had heard. But now I know that it was ghosts. She went. She was not to be persuaded to stay any more than Inglis. She did not even stay to clear the table. I have seldom seen a woman in a greater hurry. As for wages, there was not a hint of them. State, elderly, self-possessed female though she was, she seemed to be in a perfect panic of fear nothing would satisfy her but that she should with the greatest possible expedition shake from her feet the dust of the water lily when we were quit of her i looked at violet and violet looked at me i laughed i will not go so far as to say that i laughed genially still i laughed (laughs) we seem to be in for a pleasant river holiday eric let us go outside we went on deck the sun had already set there was no moon but there was a cloudless sky the air was languorous and heavy boats were stealing over the waters someone in the distance was playing a banjo accompaniment while a clear girlish voice was singing the garden of sleep the other houseboats were radiant with chinese lanterns the water lily alone was still in shadow we drew our deck chairs close together violet's hand stole into mine eric do you know that last night i too heard voices you i laughed again violet i couldn't make it out at all i was just going to wake you when they were still you were dreaming child inglis story confound him and his story has recalled your dream to mind i hope you don't wish to follow mason's example and make a bold of it i have paid pretty stiffly for the honour of being the water-lily tenant for a month not to mention the fact of disarranging all our plans violet paused before she answered no i don't think i want as you say to make a bolt of it indeed she nestled closer to my side it is rather the other way i should like to see it through I have sometimes thought that I should like to be with someone I can trust in a situation such as this. Perhaps we may be able to fathom the mystery. Who knows? This tickled me. I thought you had done with romance. With one sort of romance I hope I shall never have done. She pressed my hand. She looked up archly into my face. I knew it, although we were in shadow. With another sort of romance, I may be only just beginning. I have never yet had dealings with a ghost. End of section 24